This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. I'm David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is on special assignment. Uh, he's part of a crew that's enforcing the law at the border, apparently. Because that's right. That's, uh, I didn't know this, Scott, but apparently it, law enforcement uh, has been working. It's been tight as a drum at the border. I didn't realize that because there's Why do like... They keep... <laughs> you know, they pretend like this is a time we don't have TV. <laughs> you know, I mean, Seriously. Right. It's like we don't have one of those newfangled TV sets. We can't actually see it ourselves every freaking night. Right. Right. I mean, uh, yes, you see thousands of people coming in every single yeah, of day. Of course you do. You know, and these guys are telling us, well, what you're seeing is simply not true. Well, see, that's a very orderly process. You know, the hundreds of people in El Paso sleeping on the streets, the hundreds of people in San Antonio sleeping on the streets, not to mention what's going on in smaller communities like Del Rio and Eagle Pass. No, no, no. Those, that's fine. That's what competency looks like, apparently. Yeah, right. So the Department of Homeland Security Secretary, Alejandro Mayorkas, was on MSNBC last night. And I really do believe this. I think the, 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 the tactics of busing migrants or flying migrants to liberal sanctuary cities has worked better than I thought it would. Totally agree. Because totally now... Agree. You've got mainstream media outlets, not just Fox News, not just the Daily Caller, not just the Daily Wire, uh, going down there and seeing the crisis for themselves and reporting on it. Now you do have mainstream media sending people, including, of all networks, MSNBC, yeah. actually sending people down to the border to, say, to look at what's happening and report. So MSNBC has a reporter there on the border, and uh, this morning he interviewed the Secretary of Homeland Security, Alejandro Mayorkas. And, and Alejandro Mayorkas says everything's fine. Listen to the question and then the answer. Is. Secretary, I'm here in El Paso where about 2,000 people are arriving every day. This fiscal year, we're looking at roughly 2.4 million apprehensions. Countless others are crossing and not being apprehended. Secretary, what is the United States border policy? Well, we are doing so much, uh, Jose. You know what our policy is? Our policy is to enforce the law. And that is indeed what we are doing. No, no you're not. No, you're not. No, you're not. Like, I mean, again, this isn't Walter Winchell describing it for me on my radio. I'm seeing it with my own two freaking eyes. I don't understand this. Yeah. You can admit, like, look, we got a problem there. Mm-hmm. We got a problem there, and we're going to do our level best to make sure that we rein this in. Because the American people now are going, and again, you're right, David, going to the northern cities, you know, where all of a sudden these arms wide open are like, what? Well, wait a minute. 
Yeah. We're not ready for this. And then it becomes human trafficking, of course. Right. Of course it does. Which nobody buys either. But that that's what we and this guy just says the same thing over and over again. We're in, we're enforcing the law. No, no, no. I mean, you change some regulations in order to make it easier for somebody to come in and make an asylum claim. And uh, while they're waiting to see a court date or whatever, if they ever even show back up, show in court, up. Yeah, they get to live in this country. That is not the spirit of enforcing the law. You may have changed some regulations, so you are technically not doing anything illegal in a lot of these cases but dude when you're looking at almost two and a half million people in one year coming into the country illegally uh the total is up to about four million or so since joe biden took office that's a freaking problem and that's a sign that you are not enforcing the law no so go sell that somewhere else yeah it, it is it is just insanity that you're hearing speaking of which the white house chief of staff ron Klain who some believe is actually the president. He's the guy actually directing uh, where the players go on the field. He Uh, programs Joe every day. (laughs) Yeah, he says things are going great because Joe Biden pumped a few trillion dollars into the economy. Inflation? What? No. This was uh, during an event with The Atlantic, and he talked about what they did when they got into office. And he says, you know, everything, we really turned this thing around. We, we had to address the problems that we found. Right. And the biggest problems that we found were a country with a pandemic that was killing, uh, you know, thousands, literally thousands of people a day, uh, hundreds of thousands of cases a day when we arrived. And so we had to ramp up the response to that. And then the economic consequences of that. Uh, it, it's easy to forget that when Joe Biden came to office, we turn on the TV at night, people were in line uh, in football stadiums waiting for a box of food. The unemployment rate was nearly 10%. We had 20 million people out, out of work and, uh, and businesses closed and schools closed. So we needed an economic response that addressed that. But the president also ran on a promise to build back better and to see that at the other end of getting over this immediate crisis, we build the kind of economy that he likes to say from the bottom up and the middle out. Now, okay, yeah, but all of that is is just very dishonest. I mean, you're uh, okay. So you have a high unemployment rate. Now, why would that be? It's because you had a couple of major economic engines in this country, namely the states of New York and California, still resorting to pandemic lockdowns, closures, things like that. And then. Yes. And then, you know, when other states like Texas were starting to reopen, Joe Biden said that was Neanderthal thinking. He said, you know, again, the whatever economic recovery has happened in the job market has happened in spite of Joe Biden, not because of him. And well, it, remember Ron Death Santis? I mean, that was his nickname. That's what, that's oh, yeah. what they were calling him. The left was calling him that. He was killing people. All right. By letting them go back to work and by not shutting down businesses or schools. Yeah. And then as far, this is one that really gets me, gets under my skin all the time. It's when they bring up the idea of long lines at food banks, people lining up to get boxes of food. You know, Joe Biden's done that a few times. You know, in the United States of America, people waiting in line for hours just to get a box of food. Yeah, that happened in 2020. And it's gotten worse. It's gotten worse not because of anything other than inflation because people are on there are people on fixed incomes there are people who are uh you know just barely getting by who are getting kicked in the teeth by inflation 
And so, yeah, they're having to go to food banks. We've seen stories like this all over the country. I mean, here's a little montage from this year, this year. All right, all right. After this economic miracle that Ron Klain is talking about. Inflation is pushing grocery budgets to the brink. Putting extra pressure on food banks. The lines are getting longer and longer. The line to receive that food has only gotten longer. For the last three weeks, it has been really long and packed up here. Never did I think I would ever be rationing formula. I can't afford to buy the food that they need. We're still seeing longer lines at food banks like this because people just can't afford to live. People can't afford to live. And this guy is out there saying, well, you got to think about where we were. You know, we had high unemployment and people were in food lines and whatnot. And we really turned this around, except again, it's gotten worse. You have all these food banks all over the country saying actually demand is higher than it was in 2020 when everything was shut down. And it's not because people are out of work necessarily, but it's because any wages that they've got, any wage increases that they've got, on average, are wiped out and then some. They are worse off today than they were in 2020. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I get it. Ron Klain's job is to put lipstick on the pig. Yeah. That's his job. I mean, he's got to go out there and lie and twist and contort and do all sorts of of insane, insane figuring yeah. to come up with the comments he just made. I mean, I get it. That's his job. He's a professional liar. But he's also the guy running the country. Right. Which is even more frightening. Yeah. I, I, I mean, if you think it's Joe Biden, well, yeah. guess I, again. You know, I would sleep better at night if I knew that, uh, if I knew for sure that they were lying on purpose. Because there is that part of me that always wonders, do they actually believe that there aren't long lines at food banks right now, that there isn't skyrocketing demand uh, for charitable organizations. I remember on a personal note, having a conversation with you when you passed one of these lines for these food banks and how numb you were. I mean, just mentally, just just like, this is unbelievable. Well, no, I can't believe what I'm seeing right now. Yeah, I mean, we do a little bit of work with a couple of different food pantries. And I mean, the the amount of people that have been coming through really, and it's it's picked up in the last year, (coughs) is is remarkable and really sad because you have a lot of people who never wanted to go to a food bank. Right. They they never thought they would have to be in that situation. And now they are. And it's because they just can't afford the groceries anymore so they need just to, brutal it is brutal and we still have an infant formula shortage by the way like i that, was just gonna ask you that, that hasn't gone away sort of, it's just off the headline now gone but ron Klain is like yeah but all these uh, all the pajama class people who thought that uh pandemic lockdowns just meant you had to stay in your uh home and you know do your work on zoom all these people are able to go to concerts now so therefore everything is good no right. it's not and I want to get to this on that on that point. I just want to play this for you because I, I think it'll be it'll really lift your spirits when you look at some of the rising stars within the Republican Party who aren't the old school style Republicans. They're not the sticks in the mud. They're actually able to articulate a vision for moving forward. They're able to actually diagnose a problem that has happened and put it into clear and concise terms and push back against the left when they make insane claims. Uh, Mm -hmm. The House of Representatives yesterday had a hearing on corporate influence on inflation, right? This is one of those weird ghosts they've been chasing to try to explain inflation. It's the fault of greedy corporations. you got big meat, gas station owners. They're the reason why you're paying more. 
It can't possibly be because of anything we did. It's it's because greed. That's that's it. Now, Republican Representative uh, Byron Donalds asked one of the people testifying about the labor shortage and how government policy caused it. And this is a master class on basic economics. Like I said, I believe we're, we're experiencing a shortage of good jobs, not a shortage of labor. And I think it's really critical not to blame working people. For I'm not blaming prices. working people. What I would say is I'm blaming government policy, because if you're given money, without having to exchange it with labor, having to take your talents and abilities and you're getting money as a result, it depends on the, in the industriousness of the individual at that point. I'm not blaming anybody. If you're giving out free money, shoot, okay, cool. Most people are just going to go ahead and take it. We know this. The point I'm making is that labor shortage, which was created by the quote-unquote American Rescue Plan, led to a labor shortage. And that labor shortage has led to price increases because you had people who had the revenue and the disposable cash flow to buy goods, but not enough goods in circulation to purchase. Mr. Goodspeed, is that an accurate assessment of what's happened in America since Joe Biden became president of the United States? Yes, I think that's a fair description. Look, I understand the majority party's desire to try to put this on corporate America for raising prices. But if you do not have enough workers working, there's not enough goods produced. If there's not enough goods produced, but everybody still has money to go buy goods, the price of each unit actually goes up. That's how inflation is always created. More policies of the same is only going to lead us further down the road to perdition, which we are already on. With that, I yield back. Mic drop. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. I want to stand right now. <laughs> we need that, that is succinct to the point and yes. extremely understandable. Yes, it is. You don't have to be a genius to figure that one out. No. No. I mean, this this is equal to my teacher telling me room full room opens up. You're there by yourself. Two great looking girls walk in. Ten minutes later, a hundred good looking girls walk in. The value of the first two decreases exponentially. <laughs> That's inflation. That's how it works. I'm like, I get it. <laughs> I get it. Gosh, dang, this is not difficult. No. No, and I, I, I like that, it, just being able to push back on this idea that, oh, Absolutely. corporate America is to blame for yeah. rising prices. Like, they just Greed. spun a yeah. wheel and said, all right, we're going right. to raise prices. We're going to crush the economy and hurt right. people. Right, that's what we want to do, yeah, because exactly. that'll somehow help us. All right, yeah. we got a lot to get to off and running on a Friday. Uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez got embarrassed by Bank of America. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robin. Jamie Markley is out today. Uh, I love this audio. Uh, Socialist Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez got completely turned around during a hearing with bank executives. Boy, did she ever. So she was talking to the head of Bank of America, Brian Moynihan, about the paycheck protection loans that were given out. Now, th this gets kind of deep in the weeds, and I'll try to boil it down as simply as I can. Uh, the Intercept reported that a few people who got those loans through Bank of America are struggling to get the loans forgiven and are getting charged interest rates. Now, interest rates were interest was actually part of the agreement in in the event of overpayment. That's something that the federal government acknowledges, right? Uh, so they're also using their own computer system to process appeals and whatnot instead of the system that was set up by the Small Business Administration, and so that's ruffled some feathers. Even though it only represents about 5% of the total uh, people who got loans through right. Bank of America, 
apparently this is this big, like, evil corporation is screwing over the little guy again, when there really is no evidence that that's the case. And again, it's like, I hate being put in this position where I'm defending big banks, but, I mean, at least get your facts right here. Oh, yeah, I get it. But you also have a sitting Congress critter that's encouraging people not to do business with someone because they don't like the way they talk Yeah, or how they think. I mean, this is really crazy. So here's part of this exchange uh, between, again, the head of Bank of America and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Just let the process go. And a lot of what you're reading, frankly, is not the facts because it's old. It doesn't understand how the stu- how the math works, and so just give us some time. We'll give you the facts, and you'll see it. Yeah, it's all so in the what, um, what is the reason that Bank of America chose to opt out of the SBA portal? I can get somebody to give you that. I have no idea of, of whether I told you before. I'm not sure we did or didn't, and I have no idea why they would make the decision. But we are processing loans as fast as anybody. Okay, and um, I'm I'm sorry. I'm just. Uh, having a, a tough time uh-huh. this is about 25.2 billion dollars in loan amounts in your bank correct and not anymore no it's down but at, at one point in time and so we are looking <laughs> and so we're you're oh, uncertain boy. as to why the bank has not chosen to uh, enroll in the SBA portal I, I said we will get you the information <laughs> yeah, I, bail bail, yeah, bail. I don't I don't know what you know what what you're talking about. I don't even know if that's true. I'll, I'll get back to you on the information about whether or not we used the uh, software or the uh, website from the federal government. But you know, I'll get back to you on that. And she just gets completely turned around because wow. you notice that when you take the you know bullet points from an article from a left wing publication, yeah. and that's all the research you've done with it, you're going to make a fool out of yourself. But they're trying to turn Bank of America into Satan, right? I mean, I don't get it. I mean, they, but anyway, I do get it, but it's just ridiculous. And, you know, and this guy's like, I, I, you know, I don't, I don't even know if that's true or not. <laughs> right. I'll, I'll have to get back to you on that one. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't sorry, know. Sorry, but I don't run the Bank of America website. Uh, I'm, right. I'm not I a software no idea. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I, I always love that when the children in Congress get like on, on Mount Pius and they try to crack oh, down yeah. on people yeah. and then they just get exposed. And part of the problem is that a lot of these people in Congress don't have good staff. They've got staff members who are about as dumb and inexperienced as they are, and so they're not prepared. You know, again, well, their whole con- life too is 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 set up so for likes and for shares. Right. That's it. that's what their their whole life is consumed by it. That's all they do. They live yeah. for for being online. That's yeah. it. Coming she up, wants that moment. Coming up, uh, Kamala Harris says we're facing a breakdown of the system. We'll get to that and much more. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is out today. Uh, Vice President Kamala Harris, Scott, did uh, an interview with Vice News. And, I mean, it, she was all over the place. I mean, it, it's kind of sad because more than half of that interview was about abortion and not about right. anything else. That's it. Uh, so she was asked about so-called election deniers, though, people who thought the last presidential election was rigged and how they are running for political office. You know, do you see this as a threat to America? That people would question the integrity of an election? 
I mean, if you don't have issues, in my opinion, I, I you know I don't think there were a ton of fraudulent votes cast. I think what clearly happened though was there was a concerted effort between media figures, between uh, union bosses, between some companies. Uh, and the Democratic Party to completely change the way we administer elections. And I think that that, yes, you can qualify that as rigging an election. Right. And if if you're not even able to wrap your head around how that would be considered rigging an election, I would say that, you know, you're you're way too deep into the game. (laughs) You are way too deep in your own side of the political spectrum. Anyway, here is what uh, Kamala Harris had to say about this. There are a lot of election deniers who are running for real positions of authority across this country. What if they win? I am aware of at least 11 states that have secretary of state candidates who are election deniers. So the very people who want to run elections don't trust elections that represents a potential breakdown of one of the most important systems in our democracy which is our election systems and i urge everyone who is in those 11 states to pay attention because there are certain rights that you have and your parents have and your grandparents before them assumed will be intact including the right to vote for who you want and to know your vote counts. And election deniers are suggesting that those votes don't count. Yeah. Yeah. It's like they really think that no one remembers how they behaved between the years 2016 and 2020. When you talk about election deniers, Kamala Harris was one of them. We can go back in the Wayback Machine uh, to 2018. Democrats were all in on this election security stuff because they thought Russians hacked the 2016 election. And in this case, it wasn't just because of mis- or disinformation. They actually thought that Russia could have gone in and changed votes to make sure Donald Trump won the election. And this is Kamala Harris herself at the time was a senator saying, I've seen it. Voting machines can be hacked. Um, So we recently also, I actually held a demonstration for my colleagues here at the Capitol. Um, where we brought in um, folks who, before our eyes, hacked election machines. Um, those that are not, those that are being used in many states, but are not state of the art from our perspective. Right. So boy, <laughs> that's a good for you for finding that one because that that boy, howdy. I I, I mean th- I that's mean, the FBI is rating Mike Lindell, the My Pillow guy, for that kind of talk. Okay. Right. <laughs> I mean, dude. Uh, they really just, I, I don't know if they just don't see it or if they know that their supporters won't care, but some of the biggest conspiracy theorists were Democrats between 2016 and 2020. They actually thought that it was possible that the Russians broke in to multiple states' voting systems and changed votes. They also thought that the Trump campaign was working with the Russians to accomplish this goal. And... Then there was the whole disinformation, misinformation stuff. Facebook memes are how Donald Trump and the Russians stole the election. And then in 2020, they were pushing this thing that Donald Trump was going town to town, stealing people's mailboxes Mailboxes. in order to steal the election. I mean, these people have absolutely no solid footing on the argument about conspiracy theories and election denial. They're still in denial. 
Wasn't it Hillary Clinton who went on record as saying you can run the best campaign? Yeah. The and have the best people working for you and have it all on the ground and still have it stolen from you. Right. She said that. Yeah. And and she believed that or she believes that to this day. And Stacey Abrams believes she's uh, the governor of Georgia. Right. I mean the list I mean the list is fairly long here folks. <laughs> this isn't some new phenomenon that took place uh, with Donald Trump. No. The difference is, of course, they're kicking down the door and arresting those people. Right. Yeah. I mean, in my lifetime, Democrats have never accepted the election uh, or won the results of one election at the presidential level that they lost. No. <laughs> they, I'm they, trying to think back. They will not. The Bush-Gore thing. Yeah. I mean, dude, think about it. Yeah. George W. Bush, Al Gore. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can look at e- even in 2004 versus John Kerry. You had Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi out there saying that there were irregularities in that election. Right. Mm-hmm. 2016, obviously, it, it got taken to new heights because in this case it was the Russians trying to steal the election, working with the Trump campaign by, again, hacking voting machines. That's what they believed. We just heard the clip from Kamala Harris talking about how these machines can be hacked. But now, now that we have the most secure election in United States history in 2020... Questioning the results of an election is tantamount to insurrection. Gotcha. Well, remember, Joe Biden had more votes than any any elected president right. in the history of our yeah. country, and it, and it couldn't possibly Joe be Biden did ballot yeah. harvesting and people going into Alzheimer's. No, and, and again, I, I don't yeah. think it changes the, the outcome of the election one iota. But I'm saying to put to say that well, there was nothing that happened here, nothing to see. All right. Well, there is something to see. Right. Uh, speaking of that, uh, Jamie Raskin apparently doesn't know who Ray Epps is. So, is, how weird is this one? You heard this clip, right? Yeah, I did. So, okay, Ray Epps. If if you're, you know, a lot of this stuff gets kind of in the weeds and, and muddied, yeah. and so I understand that. I'll try to simplify it best I can. Uh, Ray Epps is a guy who was seen encouraging people to go into the Capitol on January sixth. Initially, in the aftermath of the riot at the Capitol. He was on the FBI's wanted list, then mysteriously fell off of it, even though he was seen actively encouraging people to go in to the Capitol itself. And no one seems to really have an interest in finding out what that was all about. Why is it that the FBI is rounding up basically anyone who was there that day, but they're not interested in Ray Epps? So was he an informant? Was, you know, what, what exactly happened uh, on, on January 6th? And why? video of the guy organizing, right. you know, raiding, running into the Capitol. I mean, yeah. And nobody knows where he is. Yeah. Nobody's talked to him. So there's dur- an curiosity there about what his role was. Yeah. So during a and I don't know what his role was. I mean, I we think don't know what his role was. I, I think it's very I think it's very significant that Democrats desperately are avoiding talking about oh, him. Yeah. I think that that sets off a lot of alarm bells in my to me, at least. But. You know, again, I don't know anything for sure uh, about his role in any of it. He could be telling the truth when he says, I was just a Trump supporter who showed up. Could be, that could be true. But it's just very suspicious that everybody's running away from this guy who clearly was trying to influence people to go into the Capitol. So Thomas Massey, a Republican representative, asked Jamie Raskin, a Democrat who's on the 1 6 committee, who himself was an election denier when Donald Trump was elected president. He objected to the results of the election in Congress. Yes, he did. Uh, Anyway, uh, Thomas Massey's the first guy you'll hear. He's a Republican representative, and he uh, he brings up Ray Epps and why no one seems interested 
in this guy. Myself mm-hmm. and three members of this committee, Chip, Roy, Ken Buck, and Tom McClintock, issued a statement urging people not to come here to accept the results of the electors. And so today I don't have an ideological axe to grind either. I find it odd that you all are defending one of the people who assaulted the Capitol. Defending who? Ray Epps. I, I, I literally have no idea what you're talking about. That's you, the resolution. Okay, well, I'll reclaim my time here. Wait, <laughs> no idea. He has no idea what they're talking about. What? Ray who? I don't know. They, they, but, yeah, I mean, he knows exactly who Ray Epps is. Of course is. he does. They interviewed him, and, and that yes. testimony hasn't been made public, so they he are protecting know. him. Yeah. I don't. I don't even. Well, who? Ray? Uh, what? I don't know what you're Epps talking who? about. I Ray? Don't, Epps, I don't have any uh, idea. Well, I don't know. I, I, are you talking about like Epsom salt or Ray Epps? What would we? I don't know. Is that the guy who sold me a bushel of apples? <laughs> I don't know. God, this guy. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you just you know a, a lot of this stuff makes a lot more sense when you just realize that most of the people in Congress are truly bad people. Like they're not. Oh, yeah. I don't. I don't know that they're evil. I'm not saying you know they're demonic no. or anything like that. But they are bad people. They're self-absorbed nitwits. A lot of them have no marketable skill other than right. what they're doing. Right. Exactly. Never, a lot of them haven't even worked in the real world ever. Right. right. It's they like have any idea? College to uh, some to, vague board to Congress. Yeah, or working on someone's campaign who decided to leap in at some point in time. This is a pretty easy gig. Yeah. You know. So, yeah, again, it all makes more sense when you yeah. realize that. It does. It does. Bad Who's people. Right I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Never heard I, of him. <laughs> I saw this uh, survey here about what people are willing to splurge on, even though, you know, everything's more expensive right now because of uh, inflation. Uh, but I, I just want to run these by you and see okay. if you agree with that or agree with these. Um like number one, one thing that that they'll splurge on is windshield wipers. That's weird, but you're right. I do that. I, I don't know why even. I just do. <laughs> well, because the cheaper ones might not really yeah. clean off your windshield or whatever. Yeah. I don't splurge on windshield wipers. I have, and usually yeah. it's at one of those uh, you know those oil change places. Yeah. Oh, I, I never well, have like, them do it. I got because, these, uh, you know, yeah. your windshield wipers look a little... I'm like, oh, okay, how much? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I end up getting them. I don't even ask. Yeah, don't I, barter. Just get them. <laughs> yeah, it's, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll get the ones that are like 15 bucks a piece and then just slap yeah. them on. Yeah, and If they wear out, whatever. I mean, usually yeah. they're good for about a year. but Usually, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'd, I never do it at the oil change place because there's some... A lot of times, major upcharge on that stuff. Well, sure. Because they do it for you. I know that. It's just like somebody does it for me. Okay. Uh, Dish soap and hand soap. People splurge on that. Hmm. Can't say I do. I get the cheapest. I go cheap on that one. I do, too. I mean, does it it clean? Does it smell decent? Okay. That's Mm -hmm. fine. Uh, Mattresses and bedding. I can understand that. I, I never have splurged on bedding until I got married. Because no. my wife wants everything to be very comfortable and very soft and everything like that. And I'm, I'm looking at it like, well, what's wrong with my tattered blanket I've had since grade school? I don't understand. Right. It keeps me warm. Right. I can't tell you the coordination thing changes when you have a woman with you. Yeah, that's very true. Because I know that to be true. Yes. Yeah. Uh, All of a sudden, well, that bedspread doesn't go with their room. <laughs> what? I don't, okay. People are willing to splurge on coffee and cheese and eggs. Uh, yeah. Well, you splurge on coffee. You got the cake. I do. 
I do. I do. I get the K-cup thing, and I don't usually go to the cheapest coffee. I usually go to some mid-priced mm-hmm. coffee because it just sucks sometimes, the other stuff. It's no good. <laughs> but eggs, you really don't have a choice. Well, eggs, yeah. It's... I mean, if you're going to eat eggs, I mean, it's not like you get, here's the low-cost eggs here. Right. From the really old hens who laid them, and here's the here's the, you know you don't have a choice. You you either pay it or you don't. Yeah. Well, they right? have different I mean, qualities. It, it, I mean, there's like I the big guess, brown egg I, and all that. You know, the yeah, free range. Just, uh, yeah, yeah. All that I don't stuff. care about any of that. I just no. I want I want my eggs, and I get my I buy the bags that are already boiled because I'm lazy. <laughs> And I pay a little bit more, yes. I remember that. I'll never forget that a few years ago. You walk into the studio with a bag of eggs. Bag of eggs. Just one by one, eat all of them. I love those eggs, man. Unsettling, if you ask me. Yeah, well, I try to cut back just two a day now. One down, one down. (laughs) How many eggs? Like you're in Cool Hand Luke or something. There's a half dozen in there, yeah. Yeah, That's six eggs, though. That's a lot of eggs. I just prop them up and, like the bottom of the (laughs) potato chips, I just (laughs) eat them like that. Oh, man. Uh, news update on the way. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. J.B. Markley is on special assignment today. Uh, well, Whoopi Goldberg, Scott, on The View. Okay. Oh, buddy, man, she made. What'd she do now? She made a gay joke about Lindsey Graham. A gay joke. South Carolina senator who you can't do that. Not openly gay, at least. There's been that rumor floating around a little bit. Yeah, mainly because of the way he talks, and he's a confirmed bachelor. Doesn't seem to be around ladies very often. Yeah. Uh, Mm -hmm. Now they were talking about the senator changing his stance on abortion from a state's rights issue to a federal issue after he proposed a uh, 15 week ban at the federal Mm -hmm. level. And she suggested that maybe his views have changed because he doesn't want the Supreme Court to take away his right to marry another man. Now, that joke doesn't make any sense whatsoever. No. but She just wants to jab. That's all. I guess. But anyway, here's here's the audio of that. I know. What changed? Well, maybe he's getting married. Do it quick, because I know people are fooling around with our marriage rights. Uh-huh. Oh, God. So, so when they came back from break, she was shocked that people took offense to that. Like, well, it's, uh, it's not a joke to be gay. Something like no. that. Yeah, she but. did that. I was she played doing that what card. I do as a comic. Sometimes I make jokes, and it was a joke. Nothing more than that. I just got a whole conversation about people misunderstanding the joke. I mean, okay. I should probably never do this show again. (laughs) If this is what it's coming to. It was a joke, guys. I'm, you know. Yeah, I... Well, it's a joke when you do it, right? Exactly. It's, I, it's somebody you want somebody thrown off the or they lose their jobs if they do it, right? And I, you know, I, I, I don't really care about my. I take offense because the joke's not that good. It just doesn't make any sense. No, low hanging fruit. And, I, yeah, but who cares? Like, you know, she, you know, apparently she's she's bewildered that people would have weird standards when it comes to comedy. I mean, I think true equality means you make jokes about anybody at any time. Sure. I mean, we can make all the you know white girl jokes about uh, pumpkin spice season being in place now. Yeah, but you can't make jokes about gay people. 
That makes no sense. Nope. I it, No, there should be no protected class when it comes to jokes. It, you either find it funny or you don't. I just like the way that she doesn't think twice about it and just right. does it. And, I mean, you know, yeah. knowing full well that nothing really is going to happen here. So. Oh, right. Well, uh, She'd be suspended and have to go to some sort of uh, education classes <laughs> if it were anyone else, right? right. If Whoopi Goldberg would. Were, were a conservative commentator. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, she oh, would yeah. have been Educate fired. yourself. Yeah, a long time ago. Yeah. All right. This is the Mark Lee Van Camp and Robbie Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. <laughs> you can't make this stuff up. All right. <laughs> The Mark, the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David. I Van don't even know what it is. I'm already laughing. I have no idea what it is. <laughs> I'm David Van Camp. That's Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley is out today. Holy mackerel! Okay, so we we all know we have this crisis at the border, right? We can all at least agree that boy, yeah. it looks really bad. Yes. When you've got tent cities popping up, when you've got hundreds of people sleeping on the streets in El Paso and San Antonio and Houston and all up and down smaller border communities, we all can recognize, right, that that's a problem. There, There is a breakdown in an orderly process of coming into the United States, and it starts with Joe Biden. Right. Okay. Chris Magnus, uh, Biden appointee, he's the commissioner of U.S. Customs and Border Protection, doing an interview uh, with a local news outlet, wants you to know that it's not chaos at the border. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. All Here right. we go again. Again. Here is uh, Chris Magnus speaking. Congress really needs to take action, but I think uh, people across the country should know that it's not chaos here. It is. It is chaos. <laughs> what is your definition of chaos? I was just going to ask that. What is it? Yeah. <laughs> if that's not chaos, I don't know what is. But like, anyway, go ahead, Chris. It's like half of your house is on fire. Well, it's not really burning down yet. Okay? Right. It's not burning down. It's just on fire. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Golly, man. This is I, the level of delusion that's on display from so many people in the Biden White House and their refusal to accept that they've got a serious problem on their hands is just it's it's remarkable it is remarkable to see this You're happen right. to see this play out because you know he wants to know or he wants you to know it is not chaos at the border and that goes right in line with the department of homeland security secretary saying this morning on uh morning or i think it was morning joe he's saying, saying it on msnbc at any rate that uh we're enforcing the law that's what people need to know about the current border yeah. situation that ain't enforcing the law, man. What do you call thousands of people over the summer who were underneath a bridge waiting to come in in like 110 degree heat? What what do you call that? You call that not chaotic? You call that orderly? Man, let's talk to the folks who live in Eagles Pass, Eagle, Eagle Pass, Pass, Texas. Yeah. I mean, yeah. let's yeah. talk to them for a second. I, I mean, dude, you talk talk to people who live in that neighborhood across the street from what has become a massive migrant in, intake center. At uh, in San Antonio, it's on San Pedro. You mm-hmm. look across the street. Uh, people who live in that neighborhood are kind of worried about what's going to happen here. That's not orderly. 
And that's the city having to do it because the federal government won't do anything about it. No. It is just it, it is just So astounding. explain that other than they want them here because they think that they'll deliver votes. Right. Or or I mean, and, and, yeah. there has to be there there has to be and people ask me that all the time, well, what do you think the reason is behind all that? Why are they doing this? Yeah. I'm like, well, I guess the simplest reason is probably because they're they they're thinking they're buying votes. Yeah. Well, I, I think there are a couple of reasons that are on display here or that, that are, are to to blame for this. And uh, some of it is a labor issue because, well, we've heard it. We've heard Democrats even saying, including the Bayer County Sheriff in Texas, uh, Javier Salazar, saying, yeah, we got long wait lines at the Olive Garden, so we need more busboys. Right. Part of it's a yeah. labor thing. Part yeah. of it is, you know, if you do carve out a pathway to citizenship, it is a, an eternally grateful voting block. Um, and then the other part uh, is about if you don't get that citizenship, you can still seed these people in key areas of the United States and juice the numbers to give Democrats more power the next time the census rolls around. Because yeah. remember, never forget when the census was going and the Trump administration was saying, no, we're not going to count illegal immigrants. Right. The left freaked out about that. Freaked out, yeah. Because they knew, oh no, if you don't count illegal immigrants, then we're going to lose congressional seats. And guess what happened? They lost congressional seats in New York and California. Uh, And and so if you don't count the illegal population, then you're going to get hosed electorally, whether whether these folks can vote or not, in the end. So that, I mean, that's what it comes down to. Think about this. I mean, if you were to tell somebody 25 years ago, we're going to do this. We're going to make this law that you really don't have to be a citizen in order to vote in our elections right. to determine <laughs> outcomes of politics yeah. moving forward. You don't have to be. No. You don't. Have, well, that's nuts. Right. That's freaking nuts. Of course, you have to be a citizen. You got skin in the game. Then you get to vote. Yes. Golly. Well, but just so you know, it's not chaos at the border, Scott. Okay. All right. Well, thanks. I'll sleep better tonight knowing you could that. Have fooled me. Uh, Vice President Kamala Harris weighed in on the governors of Arizona, Texas, and Florida, sending migrants to D.C., New York, Chicago, and Martha's Vineyard. Now, uh, this is from her interview with Vice News. We played a little bit of it yesterday, but uh, this part I don't think we got to. Can you understand the political point that DeSantis and Abbott are trying to make here? They're playing games. These are political stunts with real human beings who are fleeing harm. I mean, do you know what's happening in Venezuela right now? There were children, people being put on a bus or a plane uh, who don't know where they're going or where they were being sent. Human beings, real people who have fled harm, who came to the United States of America seeking refuge, asylum. I think it is the height of irresponsibility, much less, frankly, a dereliction of duty when you are an elected leader to play those kinds of games with human life oh boy. and human beings. If you, want, if you think there's a problem, be part of the solution. Uh, they've been asking for help. They've been asking for a solution, and the mm-hmm. Biden-Harris administration has not provided any solutions. Yeah, we know what the problem is. Yeah. Their their answer now is to just take your licks, okay? Yeah. You Texas, Arizona, California, Florida, wherever we're sending and dropping off these migrants, you're just supposed to deal with it, okay? And don't try to ever fight back. That has been their solution. And even earlier this week, the White House said in no uncertain terms 
that there is no point in talking with these governors because there's because they say that they're they're not interested in any of the solutions that they have to offer it's <laughs> i mean it, it's one of those things that just becomes exasperating at some point because mm-hmm. they say no we're not going to work with you but you should work with us well that's not how this works because these governors like governor abbott in texas it, dude he's got to deal with this every single day Mm-hmm. This is such a major issue affecting multiple metro areas and multiple small towns in his state. It He has to do something about it. And er, when he does try to do something about it, at every step, the federal government fights him on it. So at this point, I'm just wondering, what is your solution, Kamala? What is, what's Joe's solution? What is it? Because this is not sustainable. In, in in no way, shape, or form is this something that can continue. It's almost like they don't want to change anything. Yeah, right. For all mm. the reasons that we've listed. We just mentioned. Over the yes. years, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, meanwhile, the House of Representatives had a hearing on corporate influence and on inflation. And I don't know if you've had a chance to put this up on Facebook yet, but I, I just love this. Because the Democrats have been going after you know evil corporations, big oil, big meat, you know, big trucking whatever, to try to explain away bad government policy that led to this historic inflation crisis that we've got mm-hmm. right now um, that's really come to a head in the last couple of years. And uh, Republican Representative Brian, I'm sorry, Byron Donalds asked one of the people testifying about the labor shortage and how the government policy uh, caused it. And her answer, she starts to go down this, you know, down this road of saying, well, I mean, I don't want to blame this on working people, all that kind of nonsense. And he says, mm-hmm. no, 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 hold on a second. Let me let me explain this to you. And I think he explains it in a very concise, easy he to does. understand way. Like I Guys, said, this I is really we're, good. we're experiencing a shortage of good jobs, not a shortage of labor. And I think it's really critical not to blame working people. For I'm not blaming prices. working people. What I would say is I'm blaming government policy, because if you're given money without having to exchange it, with labor, having to take your talents and abilities and you're getting money as a result, it depends on the, in the industriousness of the individual at that point. I'm not blaming anybody. If you're giving out free money, shoot, okay, cool. Most people are just going to go ahead and take it. We know this. The point I'm making is that labor shortage, which was created by the quote-unquote American Rescue Plan, led to a labor shortage. And that labor shortage has led to price increases because you had people who had the revenue and the disposable cash flow to buy goods, but not enough goods in circulation to purchase. Mr. Goodspeed, is that an accurate assessment of what's happened in America since Joe Biden became president of the United States? Yes, I think that's a fair description. Look, I understand the majority party's desire to try to put this on corporate America for raising prices. But if you do not have enough workers working, there's not enough goods produced. If there's not enough goods produced, but everybody still has money to go buy goods, the price of each unit actually goes up. That's how inflation is always created. More policies of the same is only going to lead us further down the road to perdition, which we are already on. With that, I yield back. Boom. Yes. Yes. There you go. Awesome. Excellent. Excellent. (laughs) But, yeah, Democrats are still going to be doubling down on this whole thing of, uh, well, it's corporate America that's to blame for this. Like, no, no, he just explained it very, very well. And that, that he you cannot refute that. 
what no. you just said. I love that, man. I really do. I, I, I think you hit it on the head when you said, you know, you want to get up and cheer. You do because you it, it, he has taken something really complex and hard sometimes to, to describe to people, and boiled it down to where anybody can understand this, mm-hmm. even myself. I mean, I completely get it. Yeah, I mean, what he's talking about is absolutely true. It's always too much money, too few goods, not enough people making the goods. It, you know, this is how this works. And the prices go up. I mean, there's a there's a local person here running for Congress in the state that all of a sudden has decided to make her campaign focus on gas prices and how they're going to go after big oil. Right. Shut up. Just shut up. Right. It's, you got no plan there. No. What are you going to do? Right. What are you going to do, Stompy Foot? What are you seriously? What are you going to do? <laughs> Nothing. No. Yeah, they're gouging it. Price gouging going on. Uh huh. Sure. I mean, is it possible for that to go on? Of course it is. Is that why inflation is where it's at? No, it's not. Mm-hmm. I mean, egg farmers didn't get together and go, you know what? Let's screw people. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, no, and that's not happening. You and you really, you know it deep down. You know it. Oh, of course they know it, but they're, but they're trying to make sure that yeah. you know Joe Biden gets the least amount of blame as possible. It's incredible. It is. All right, uh, coming up, we've got an update on the teenager who was killed for being a so-called extremist Republican. Uh, That and we'll hear from the Secretary of the Department of Homeland Security talking about enforcing the law at the border. This is the Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. The Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley's on special assignment. Thank you so much for being here today. Uh, We got an update on the story that we've been following all week. Uh, A man killed a teenager because he thought the teenager was an extremist Republican or part of an extremist Republican group. Interesting how that's not getting too much play. No, it's almost as if they think he deserved it. Well, yeah, I mean, the national media has been been wetting its collective pants about uh, right-wing violence and blah, 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 about just, they say, political violence in general. But in this case, you got a dude who killed somebody because he thought that the kid was a Republican extremist, and suddenly all the people who are worried about political violence have gone silent. It's weird how that works. Mm-hmm. Again, I don't know all the details of, of what led up to this argument and this fight, and then ultimately this man running him over with the car, but it seems kind of worth finding out more details, doesn't it? Now, Shannon Brandt is the 41-year-old who told the cops that he mowed down 18-year-old Kaylor Ellingson during a street party in McHenry, North Dakota. Brandt claimed to police that he was uh, a member of a right-wing extremist group. Uh, And North Dakota Highway Patrol Captain uh, Brian Newen told Fox News Digital yesterday that there is no evidence to support the claim about him being in any such group. I was wondering about that. I heard the same thing, and I'm like, where did that come from? Right. Well, it helps them build credibility for having being run down. Right. Yeah. I mean, this is what... The guy killed somebody with this vehicle. Yeah. He did. He just did because he didn't like the politics. They got into it over politics, and the guy was drunk. That's Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, It was like 2.30 in the morning, and the guy had already had a DUI. Yep. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens moving forward with this. I think it's really shameful how little coverage this gets when so many people have spent so much time and energy worried about political violence because of Donald Trump. But again, I I shouldn't be surprised, but 
here we are. I, I saw this, and uh, this is uh, offering a, a glimmer of hope that nature is healing. Did you see Fox is bringing back cops? The no show kidding. Cops, yeah. Cause <laughs> remember, was, well, it was fun to watch. Yeah, remember they killed it off because of uh, St. George Floyd dying. Was that was that the reason behind yeah, they, it? I had forgotten. They okay. said no. They canceled it, and then uh, right. same thing happened to Live PD, which is like the live version of Cops. They right. have cops all over the. Dan Abrams would would run it, uh, and I loved that show. That was a great show because they had police officers with live camera crews all over the country, and then you know they ba- it was it was almost like NFL Sunday Ticket, like the red zone thing. Uh-huh. Where they'd say, "Okay, we got some action happening in Tallahassee. Let's go to our right. crew on the ground yeah. now." Yeah. And then they go through all of it, and you actually see police interactions with the public. Sometimes it was uh, funny. Sometimes it was scary. Sometimes it, nothing happened. But I thought it gave people a good glimpse into the life of a police officer on patrol. And they canceled it because of George Floyd. Yeah, which was just so stupid. Like, why in the world? When you're talking about, or you believe at least, that there are all of these police officers who are wandering the streets looking to kill black people at random, why would you cancel the shows that followed cops with cameras? Right. It doesn't make any sense. So so Fox Nation is going to be, this is the streaming platform, they're going to be adding cops back to its lineup. Uh, no word on whether or not it will be... Uh, on the air, actually. But apparently the new season will premiere uh, September 30th, so a week from today. I have to tell you, it's like psychological solve. It makes me feel better about myself after I watch Cops. I feel oh, like, yeah. well, at least I'm not that guy, right? right? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? My life is terrible, but, uh, but you know... I, I could be getting dragged out of my trailer. It's not that bad, right? <laughs> exactly, right? Beaten with a baton, right. yeah. shirtless. <laughs> and then on national TV. <laughs> yeah, I had that, yes. Yeah, Cops is coming back. This is the Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. Uh, I think the biggest story of the day, I don't know, there are kind of two, and it, and it ha- all has to do with the Biden administration living in la-la land. On the one hand, you've got the White House chief of staff, who some believe is actually running the office of the president of the United States, like he's literally the president that nobody voted for. Um, He's saying that everything economically is fine. They've done great work because apparently he doesn't think anyone's going to a food bank anymore uh, after the American Rescue Plan. Uh, Also, you've got a couple of different officials within the White House who are saying there is no crisis at the border, that everything is orderly, there is no chaos, and in fact, they are enforcing the law. So we'll get to that and uh, try to dissect all the madness. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. The Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Jamie Mark Lee's on special assignment today. He'll be back on Monday. Well, where do you want to start in fantasy land right now, Scott? Well, we got a lot of we got a lot of places we can jump off. That's I mean, for sure. We can start with this. Uh, Chris Magnus with U.S. Customs and Border Protection. He works with the Biden administration. Uh, he's down on the border and he says that there is no chaos at the border. None whatsoever. Well, that's simply not true, yeah. but okay. Those people sleeping on the streets that you see video of, right. the people that are yeah. just kind of milling around and then getting on a Greyhound bus and whatnot, mm-hmm. uh, it's very orderly. Here he is. 
Congress really needs to take action. But I think uh, people across the country should know that it's not chaos here. <laughs> okay. Boy, well, that, then define chaos. That, that seems to be news to people in El Paso, including Democrats in El Paso, who are putting migrants on buses and sending them to New York and wherever they can put them because they're out of room. Yeah, there's no place to put them. That seems to be pretty chaotic when, when, you're, yes. when your homeless shelters and all other shelters that you've erected are full and you've got men, women, and children sleeping on the streets and you're just trying to throw as many as you can on a bus to get them out of your city. Boy, uh-huh. that seems pretty chaotic. Yeah. That, that, that's not something that is orderly and, and, and rational. Uh, and then you've got the Department of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas on MSNBC this morning. Uh, asked about what's going on in El Paso and what his thoughts are and what the plan is for all of these people who have shown up in the last year and a half. Secretary, I'm here in El Paso where about 2,000 people are arriving every day. This fiscal year, we're looking at roughly 2.4 million apprehensions. Countless others are crossing and not being apprehended. Secretary, what is the United States border policy? Well, we are doing so much, uh, Jose. You know what our policy is? Our policy is to enforce the law. And that is indeed what we are doing. They're not enforcing the law. They're not protecting the border. Mm-hmm. They're, it's a free-for-all. There's people, no question about that. People know they cross over, they can make yeah. any claim of asylum, and then they'll be sent on their way. Yeah. And they'll figure out something when they get here. There are no rules here. No. No. There I mean, no rules. It's a complete fantasy land, man. It's it's remarkable here, just watching this and and seeing everything. And as you you pointed out, you know, it's not like we live in an age where we don't see the video, where we don't hear people talking about it. Mm-hmm. You know, we we can see it. We've all seen it. And yet they're saying, no, this is orderly. This is just kind of how it's done, right? We're following the law. We're enforcing the law. We're making sure that this is a non-chaotic process, even though it is chaotic. And, I mean, by definition, it is absolute chaos. No one knows what to do with this. You know, since Joe Biden took office, you've got more than the population of the city of Los Angeles that has come mm-hmm. through our borders that we know of. Yep. Those are just the people who have come into contact with law enforcement. We have no idea how many more have come in in less than two years. Because they've all gotten the message that this guy is not interested in securing the border. It is. Uh, it's you know, so quite honestly. I mean, it's hard for me to place blame on them. I mean, you know, the the, the immigrants because they're, they're hey man, I get all this. All I have to do is get there. Yeah, okay. I mean, they're doing whatever they can to get here. Yeah. No, uh, absolutely, I get it. I mean, you, you know, know, why wouldn't you? America is a pretty great place. I, I totally yeah, understand for, why people would want to come here. The problem is, though, is that we've got an invasion on our hands, and you can't run a country that way. No. You know, when you even hear the old uh, Homeland Security Secretary, uh, Jay Johnson, who every once in a while uh, makes the rounds, he worked for Obama, and he was saying, you know, when we had, I forget what it was now, when we had 500,000 border crossings in a year, that was a crisis. Yeah, we've quadrupled that in one fiscal year. That I don't know what you call that other than a full blown chaotic crisis. Uh, anyway, moving on. Uh, yesterday, one of the White House comms people denied there was any wokeness in the military. 
And before we get to the update on this, I just want to I, I want to set the table by replaying if you missed it what John Kirby had to say. He used to be the Pentagon spokesman. Now he's right. uh, with the uh, National Security Council. Uh, he's doing an interview on News Nation now, and this is what he said. First of all, it's a bogus claim. There's no wokeness in the military. The military is by, and it should be, a diverse organization. We're supposed to represent and defend all Americans. And our diversity, and I've seen this myself firsthand, aboard ships at sea, the diversity of the United States military makes us stronger, makes us smarter, helps us make better decisions. There's no wokeness. This is a, this, they're driving a stake through a straw man. Uh, and we've seen no indications that uh, concerns, culture concerns like that, are having uh, an impact on, on recruiting i'll tell you what might have an in- impact on retention is the dobbs decision <laughs> right abortion is going to uh, affect apparently uh recruiting and, re- and retention in the military right. more than wokeness mm-hmm. now air force candidates i'm sorry air force cadets i should say have been instructed to not use gender specific terms like mom or dad and instead replace the terms with words like parent or caregiver that instruction was featured at the Air Force Academy in Colorado as part of cadets' diversity and inclusion training. Our leaders have deemed DNI a warfighting imperative, the cadets were told. Recognize diverse family formation. The presentation to the cadets informed them. Use words that include all genders. Uh, cadets, uh, they should not assume what people want to call themselves. Spokesperson for the Air Force claimed that the exercises were, quote, intended to highlight diversity of thought and the benefits of including multiple perspectives. No, there's no wokeness in the military. None whatsoever. You know, look, I, I, I get, you know, if you want to have a program that just whips the tar out of people who are racist or sexist or whatever, you know, something that you can look at and most people would say, okay, yeah, you can't do that. You know, somebody's walking in there saying, I don't want to share a table with a black guy. Yeah, uh, yeah, punish that guy. Punish somebody who does something like this. Mm-hmm. But saying we're going to not allow you to say, or you shouldn't be encouraged to use words like mom or dad because somebody's feelings might be hurt, is wokeness. That's it. It's not about inclusion and diversity or whatever. This is about this social Marxist ideology that's taking over the military. And it's really scary at a time when the balance of power around the world is at its, well, greatest threat pretty much in my lifetime. So, you know, it's like, look, look, China is not doing this right now. No, China's war pre- preparations do not include pronoun usage. However, Pretty sure Russia's not doing it either. Right. However, I can assure you that part of China's wartime preparation does involve exploiting and exporting this kind of ideology to weaken us. That's what they do. They love to fund these radical gender ideology groups, these racial groups, the climate change apocalyptic cult. They do that all the time. They fund these organizations uh, that push this type of ideology because they know it makes us weaker. And we got people in power who are too stupid to understand that. Because, oh, you don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. No. I mean, here, here's another story, and we've been following this one for a little while, uh, in Ontario, <laughs> where this school teacher in the Halton school system wears gigantic yeah. fake breasts. Yeah, uh, with nipples. Yeah, with, it, mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's a Protruding sexual fetish. from the, right, exactly. Yeah, that he is performing in front of children. 
And it's also it's a shop I, teacher, correct? A shop teacher, yeah. And yeah, so, shop so, teacher. Yeah, you're not talking about just like double Ds or whatever. I mean, these are comically large prosthetic breasts. Well, it's has. ridiculous. Yes. They're, they're the size of beach And balls. the teacher wears a skirt. Yeah. You uh, know, and the hair and everything else. No, so. he, he's a total freak. And also, I would yes. just say, as somebody who does enjoy uh, doing... Uh, Doing workshop stuff, you know. I I, I like wood shop. Mm-hmm. Also, not very safe to be using power tools when you've got these gigantic honkers hanging yeah, off because they chest. like lop over. I know yeah. it's like man, those 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 nipples are protruding enough. You might just slice right. one of them off. That's not good. Right. Now that you'd feel it because you won't. Right. But then again, because they're yeah. fake. Just a visual. Yeah. Now, now, so this guy's a freak. All right. Uh, but the school district is defending him because we have to respect everybody's gender well, of course identity. We do. No, we don't. Yeah. I don't have to respect that guy at all. Not at all. I don't have to be nice to that guy at all. Nope. Because he's a freak. Uh, Rebel News spoke with the Halton School District uh, school board director about the issue. This guy's name is Curtis Ennis. And boy, this is just a perfect example of what happens to your brain uh, when you go full on woke. So. We are, as a board, we are committed to human rights, and we're committed to supporting all our teachers and staff and students in an environment that upholds their dignity. Their gen- what? There is no dignity in that. Dignity? There isn't any dignity. It's okay to say, no, that's not appropriate. I mean, it, we, it, we don't reward mentally unstable behavior. Yeah. We, we get them help. But this, you can't reward this. No. I mean, you can't. And what, by the way, what does this say to everyone else who wants to dress whoever they want to dress and be whatever kind of freak they want to be? You've set precedent here. Yeah. It's allowed. Well, I mean, it's been asked what happens if a female teacher decides to, uh, you know, wear a gigantic. <clears throat> yeah, right. Just say. Mr. Kanish. Yes. And just have it kind of flopping around in front of right. the class. Right. Well, who's mean, to ha- say? What? Right. How can, well, you, what's how the can you possibly stop that? That's her truth, right? Absolutely. Uh, anyway, there's more audio here. And their identity and their gender expression, right? Issues around safety are matters that we deal with on an ongoing basis. And we continue to deal with those issues, not just with any this teacher, but with all teachers. So that is something that we're committed to health and safety for all our students and staff. But I, I noticed, Mr. Innes, you can't display nipples as part of the um, dress code of the Halton District School Board. All of his outfits, he's displaying nipples. Um, in the shop, he's wearing long sleeves. Those massive prosthetic breasts are near cutting equipment. Um, I would argue if this was a student doing this, it would not be tolerated. So why does this person uh, get such leeway? Uh, you keep saying he. Um, the first thing is, um, oh, stop! We it. are, you know, being respectful of all of our gender identity and gender expression of all of our staff, yes. and we are supportive of our staff and our students. This, this, the dress code is for students, and the dress code is not for staff. The dress code is for students. <laughs> Get out of here! <laughs> Knock it off. So the so the so teachers can wear whatever they want. Doesn't yeah. matter how that might impact the the students or anything like that. This reminds me, years ago. See, the thing is, what, what what I find funny about it is that South Park has tackled a lot of these issues, like years before it was actually considered something that could happen in the real world. It was supposed to be kind of a parody of life, right? And there was one uh, episode years ago 
where Mr. Garrison, who is one of the teachers, he's gay, and he found out that if he gets fired for acting out, he could sue them and make a lot of money. He could sue the school district and make a ton of money. Mm -hmm. So this guy winds up going so far over the edge. Like, he brings in his, uh, his, his partner, or whatever you'd call it, Mr. Slave. He's got him on a leash and all sorts of leather get-up and all that stuff. Yeah. And then they wind up throwing a ceremony for him to celebrate the diversity and how inclusive they are. And, even, and, and at the end, he's like, no, 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 you don't have to tolerate this. This is crazy, <laughs> right? Yeah. And that was, I don't have to, right? I don't have to pretend your mental illness is normal. I don't have to pretend that. And that was that was supposed to be like hyperbole. And now you well, got this guy with these, you know, fake knockers, right? Walking into a classroom, and we're supposed to be respectful of his identity. No, yeah. listen, listen, Mister Freak Show. If you want to go out and do that on your own time, that's fine. I don't care. Keep yeah. the kids the hell away from you. Though. Yeah, if you want to go to the grocery store dressed like that, if you yeah. want to go out to eat dressed like that, if you want to go anywhere you want to go, that's fine. But it's my kid, and I don't want you doing it around my kid. All right, I get some sort of say-so in this. Well, and also, it's not my responsibility to not kind of point and laugh at you when you're walking through Home Depot or whatever. And I can do that, too. Right. I, it, I don't have to coddle your mental illness. Because you're a nut. Right. Yeah. That's... Golly, man. What a time to be alive, all right? No kidding. Uh, White House Chief of Staff Ron Klain says everything's going well. We'll dissect that. That's coming up. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. <laughs> oh, boy. The Markley Van Here Camp and Robbins Show. <laughs> Markley Van Camp and Robbins. We got something show. good here, Van don't Camp. we? There's Scott Robbins, Jamie Markley's on special yeah, assignment. Okay. Yeah, uh-huh. All right. Fresh audio. We got fresh audio from the President of the United States, Joe oh, Biden. Boy. What's All he right. up to today? Where I, is he today? So anyway. he's doing a, he's rallying the troops at a uh, teacher's uh, union. Oh, that's right. Yeah, right. He's thing. with the teacher's union today. Yeah. yeah. Uh, kind of creeping on one person, said, hey, yeah, we go way back. Uh, I was 12 and, or I was 30 and she was 12. Uh, got stuff done. Doesn't, anyway, he's creepy. I got my Josetta Stone translator set up, although I think it's going to break. Um, oh, he's boy. He's talking about the bipartisan infrastructure bill. Okay. Mm-hmm. You tell me what he says here. Seriously, I don't Okay, know. I've not heard this, so I'll, okay. this is fresh. Okay, here we go. There's a lot more Republicans out there taking credit for the new bridges and those boards that are collapsing. Then actually voted for it. I love going by, and they're you know. I, I what, are boats collapsing? Are I, there boats yeah, collapsing? I genuinely don't know. For the new bridges and those boats that are collapsing. Are bullets are collapsing? Boats, bullets collapsing. For the new bridges and those boats that are collapsing. Boats that are collapsing. <laughs> Bull- boats that are collapsing. Building boats that are collapsing. I I, I genuinely have no idea what that word again, is. Again, again. For the new bridges and those boards that are collapsing. Something is collapsing, I think. That's the last word. I, I thought maybe contraption. The word is contraption? May, no, I, I didn't hear dude, that. Dude, I don't know. I'm guessing. I hear boats, bullets. <laughs> For the new bridges and those boards that are collapsing. Boys. See, you're hearing something different. Now, you you have a rudimentary yeah, uh, I, background with speaking 
Bidenese. That's a specific dialect that I yes, don't understand. Uh, yeah, you I do. Think. But even you're having a trouble with this one. Did people clap after this like they knew what he said? Yeah, they did. Somebody closed captioned this. <laughs> Somebody did, right? All right, all right. Well, we'll that's a minute. We'll have to figure this out. We got to get you set up for the Friday Golly. five in honor yeah. of the first day of fall. Top five songs with fall in the title. The number or falling, right? Fall or counts? falling in the title. Two one zero six one nine two zero five three. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley's on special assignment. I think I figured it out what the president said. If you're just joining us, oh wow! The president was giving a speech today, and he said something that has been really taxing on my Josetta Stone translator. Uh, it, it's this for the new bridges and those bonds that are collapsing. Right, no, collapsing. And I will tell you what that is in about half an hour. Oh, okay. Dang, because I, I got. What, I, did I hit it? Did I? Did I hit it at all? Was I even close? I, I don't think so. No. Oh, so we dang. we will have that. But right now it's that time on Friday. We got it. We got to set you up for yeah, the Friday five. Okay. The countdown is on. You know what this means? It's our favorite time of the week. The Friday Five. It will test your head and your mind and your brain. On the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right, it's the Friday Five. If you're new to the show, it's usually a music-based countdown, and we base it on something in the news, a weird holiday, something uh, where we say, okay, you know, songs, the top five songs with this word or this theme in the title, whatever it may be, and we rank them. And we put together a list. This week, we're looking for the top five songs with the word fall or falling in the title. Because yesterday was the first day of fall. Or fall in, right? Fall in can work as well. Yeah. Okay. All right. I just have want some, to make sure I got it all right here. Some okay. form of the word fall. fall in the title. There you go. Yep. Okay, got it. And so how do we put this list together? Well, you, you look at all the songs with that word in the title. Then uh-huh. you look at the objective criteria of how big of a hit was it when it was released, how well has it stood the test of time, and then thirdly, how much do you personally like it? We rank all the songs, and then we come up with our five. We combine our powers here. And I don't think there's a ton of disagreement on this list. Uh, so top five songs with the word fall or falling, fallen in the title. Uh, the number is 210 619 210-619-2053. Let's get this thing started with Mary in Delaware. She always has a good guess. Hey, Mary. Hi, guys. Hi, Mary. Happy Friday again. Let's see if she continues the streak here. Yep. Okay. Well, the first one I thought of is Free Fallen by Tom Petty. Well, number one. Yes! Walk it off, man. The Aaron Judge of the Friday Five. <laughs> Seriously, it's always in the top five if it's not number one with Mary. Yes. Man, that's impressive. It is a great song, though. Yeah. 
But yeah, I mean, big song, test of time, no, no question. I like that song. I know you love that yeah. song. You're a big Tom Petty fan. This is my favorite part coming up. Oh, let me die. When they do the harmony vocal. Oh, yeah. There you go. Jeff Lynn sings with him there. Yeah, that's <laughs> <All right>. nice. Nice. <laughs> uh, let's talk to Brent in Grants Pass, Oregon. Hey, Brent. Hey, how you guys doing? Doing great. Good, man. man. Awesome. Well... I got one for you, Scott. All right. I'm going to keep hammering, okay? Yep. <laughs> Queen, hammer to fall. Oh, yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. It's one of the later songs in their catalog that I actually like. That yeah. thing kind of fell apart to me. This was a, a big one into Live Aid, too. Yeah. This had the old Queen sound. Yeah. It, well, it, it had a rock feel to it. It didn't feel yes. like synth pop or something. Right. You know, it was just, it was it was good. It was a rocker. It was fun. It, it was. Yeah. Good song. Yep. All right. So right now we've only got number one, and it was Tom Petty, Free Fallen. It's the Friday Five, top five songs with the word fall, falling, some form of the word Fall in the title. Uh, the number is 210-619-2053. Up next, we've got Nick in Virginia. Hey, Nick. Good evening, Scotland. This is Nick from Awaga. Nickawaga from Virginia. Hey. Hey. Nickawagua. Yes. Okay. Nickawagua. <laughs> yes. I saw it mentioned that there will be a concert at White House next week to honor McGurkin Awareness Month. <laughs> I can't wait the to hear the speeches. Act, well, the headlining act will be Ozzy Osbourne, since he's the only person in the world who mumbles almost as incoherently as President Magoo. <laughs> yeah, he's up there. <laughs> there he is. A bunch of mumblers. <laughs> yes, and John and Karine Jean-Pierre Van Dumme was heard saying that from the event would probably rise her raise her temperature by three degrees Celsius. <laughs> 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 Good stuff. So, so what you thinking today, Nick? Well, I, I, I'm thinking that right after Robin said he's right after Robin said he's so funny, I'll take my clothes off and jumped into the man pile with Pete Davidson. He was heard saying, "Can't help falling in love." From <laughs> there you go. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Number two. <laughs> you know, I was going to tell it deeply personal story about this song and how much I love it. But now that image of Scott Robbins jumping into some sort of pile with, pile Pete, with Davidson Pete Davidson is going to haunt yeah. me yeah. forever. Some Quentin Tarantino movie right there. Yeah. I love this song, man. It's a great song. It's a very well done song. Uh, big song is a hit. Test of Timer, pretty good. My personal like is about a 10 out of 10. And this yeah. was a song that when, when my daughter, who's almost three now, when she was first born and, you know, you'd have those nights where she just wouldn't go down, I found mm -hmm. out that singing that song to her, uh, that always got her to sleep. Did and, you do it like Elvis? Yeah. Yeah. Did you really? But I can't help. Nice. Very nice. Falling yeah. in love with you. Yeah. 
So anyway, uh, but now I'm just thinking Scott, Pete Davidson, and the pile. And well, here's the thing, man. I I, you, you know, now. this my uncle sang this song at my parents' fiftieth wedding anniversary. Oh yeah, yeah. So now I got to think about Pete Davidson jumping into a pile with him. <laughs> yeah, see, it's all ruined now. It's all wrecked. <laughs> Let's talk to Woody in Vancouver. Hey, Woody. Hey guys, love your show. I've got a question. When can we all get more lessons regarding the Haji Robbins? Good-looking girl economic theory. <laughs> See, right, exactly, yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, that's my economic theory, because I learned it in class. That's one of the few things I retained from my school time, but there you go. It's a good one. Nice. My song, BJ Thomas, Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head. Oh, yeah. Number three. Raindrops are falling on my head. I personally had this at number one because I, I like the song more than Pretty Holland. I mean, both it's like 10, 10, 10, and so I had to knock one of them down. And I like this song more than Pretty Holland. I don't hate it. Vast musical taste for Mr. Van Tam as well. Can't pigeonhole him. By the way, somebody told me, wanted me to remind you that the new Mark Knopfler album drops today. Oh, does it? Yeah. I thought yeah, I felt a, the disturbance in the force. <laughs> how much you hate him. Yeah. <laughs> I felt like the world just got a little bit more evil now that Mark Knopfler I did get, I did get that note. I really did yeah. from some, one of our uh, listeners. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm not a fan. Mark Knopfler Yeah, I know. We know person. that. Yes. Yes. All right. Uh, all right. So it's the Friday Five. We're looking for songs with uh, Fall, Falling, Fallen in the title. We've got numbers one, two, and three with Tom Petty, Elvis, and BJ Thomas. Still looking for numbers four and five. Let's talk to... Let me see. My computer just froze up a little bit. Been having some problems with it. Let's talk to uh, Brian in Indiana. Hey, Brian. Hey, hey. Hey, Brian. What you um, got? Yeah. Well, I'm a huge Kiss fan, and Right after Elvis, I thought of Kiss and Tears Are Falling. Yeah. Tears Are Falling for Kiss. It certainly has the song Falling in the title. I'll, I'll give it that. Mm-hmm. Not one of my favorite Kiss songs there. Uh, let's talk to Johnny in Salina, Kansas. Hey, Johnny, thanks for checking in. Oh, yippee Friday, brothers. Hey, Johnny. <laughs> How we doing? Good. Fantastic. You know, Nick, Nick, it's great, guys. I love to hear it. Love to hear it. You know, Nick, uh, he did a good job there. He got my first pick. I was going to sing you guys a song and everything, too, but I, Dang. you know, I got a bell down. You had a great pick there for number two. You know, I recently went down to the border to check it out myself, you know, because all this controversy going over it. But down south, I go by the name The Nacho Man. They know me a little different down there. Uh, but, like, uh, you know, it was it's pretty hectic, guys. It's pretty bad going on down there. But the food is fantastic. But uh, just like, uh, what's her name, Corinne Jean-Luc Picard likes to say, don't yeah. drink the Nicaragua. <laughs> anyway... I'm going to have to go with, uh, how about Patsy Cline? I saw the pieces. Oh, yeah, man. I forgot about this song. I did. I totally forgot about it. That was my number five. Each time I see you again. It got the boot because of a song that, ooh, buddy. 
<laughs> that I put in that there. You, you got in there. Yeah. Right, yeah, it's a big song. Test the timer. It's kind of hard with classic country to know, yeah. like what's really a, is, you know, is it something that people country fans know it, but you know, it's like one of those when the, when there's a movie with the period piece that's yeah. correct when they walk into the diner, the jukebox is on. <laughs> right, exactly. Patsy Cline is playing. Yes, yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Very recognizable voice. Uh, good honorable mention at least. All right, we're still yeah. looking for numbers four and five. It's the Friday Five top five songs with the word fall or falling, falling. in the title. We've had number one, Tom Petty, number two, Elvis, uh, number three, B.J. Thomas, Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head. Again, still looking for numbers four and five. The number is 210-619-2053. We'll wrap it up next here on the Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley's on special assignment. Wrapping up the Friday Five here. Top five songs with the word fall, falling, fallen, some form of the word fall in the title mm-hmm. in honor of the first day of fall yesterday. Uh, right now, so far, we've ticked off numbers one through three. Uh, Tom Petty at number one, Free Fallen. Number two was Elvis, Can't Help Fallen in Love. Uh, number three, BJ Thomas, Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head. Still looking for numbers four and five. If you want to get in, the number is 210-619-2053. Let's start this off again with John in Connecticut. Hey, John. Hello. Happy Friday. Thanks, John. I was thinking, I was thinking, who had the brilliant idea to rename Autumn to Fall? Who's I mean, that? why don't we just call the other three seasons hot, sneeze, and cold? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I'm with you. I'm with so, you. So my nominee for the Friday Five, or really Mary's Friday Five, is a song that I used to hear Dr. Jill Biden, our nation's first lady, sing. as she walked up the stairs to Air Force One with her husband, Joe Biden. R.E.M., don't fall on me. <laughs> 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 I got nothing to add. That was a pretty good. No, joke. there is. You know, there, yeah, when you got nothing to add, you got nothing to add. You right, let it go. Yeah, yeah. Then you just punt and move on. Yep, All right, let's it. talk to Brian and Gresham. Hey, Brian. Hey, Aloha Friday, gentlemen. Thanks, Brian. Hey, so I'm going to dedicate this to Hunter Biden coming off of a five day binger. How about the Red Rocker? Fall in love again. Yeah. Fall in love again. I always dig this too. got that nice driving beat to it yeah and it's like one of those songs where like okay she jacked him around she left him but he'll fall in love again yeah. he's gonna pick himself back up it's all gonna be good he's, a red he's the red rock he's gonna he'll, he'll get right. over it he'll be back on that horse in 10 minutes <laughs> yeah. right before he even finishes singing that song <laughs> that's right yeah, let's uh let's talk to birdie in delaware hey hi birdie hey how you doing good what you got for us 
Well, um, Falling in Love by Hamilton, Joe Frank, and Reynolds. That, that's got to yes. be in the top five, right? Uh, but, well, well, no. except it was. It's really falling. It's not falling. It's falling. So it's a, as long as we're falling in the title, then okay. Hey, why did Joe Frank get billing like that? By the way, he got. The I mean, first seriously, and last his, name. His, his first and last name. Nobody else did. It wasn't Hamilton Frank. <laughs> Hamilton Joe Frank and Reynolds. I don't get it. I never understood that. I always oh. wanted to ask him that. <laughs> okay. I seriously, It'd be like. Mark Lee Van Camp and Scott Robbins. <laughs> oh, it would be Mark Lee, David Van Camp and Scott, Camp and Scott and Robbins. Robbins. Yeah, Robbins. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's it. Uh, let's talk to Randy in Juneau, Alaska. Hey, Randy. Hey, fellas. So, what you got, man? So my song, my guess is, could it be I'm Falling oh, in Love? Great song. Number four. <laughs> Good stuff, man. I don't need all those things that used to bring me joy. That is a great song. David, I can't hear you for some reason. Uh, all right, yeah, we got we got time for one more song, uh, one more uh, call, I think. All right, uh, okay. Let's talk to Adam in Portland. Hey, Adam. Adam. Maybe not. Yep. All right. Nope. Don't uh, lost him somehow. Uh, all right, well, let's just go ahead and burn number five here because I don't yeah, think anyone's do going to call for it. And this is on the strength of Scott Robbins' pick. Should have been number, number one five. For five weeks. Come on, you guys remember this one, yeah. Huge record. Huge record. Top 40 DJ. No tennis. Time. All right. So, number one, Tom Petty, Free Fallen. Number two, Elvis, Can't Help Falling in Love. BJ Thomas at number three. Number four was The Spinners, Could It Be I'm Falling in Love. And then number five, TLC. That's the Friday Five. This is the Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. Uh, biggest story of the day has now yeah. become the mystery of what Joe Biden said. Okay? At least to me. Okay? That's <laughs> well, me too. my yeah. personal opinion. We play this game at least once a week, but this one is really tough today. For the new bridges and those bogs that are collapsing. Yeah. What? What? Bogs that are collapsing. <laughs> bogs that are collapsing. Conclapsing. I think I know what he said. Okay. And you know what? We don't have time to flesh it out right now, so right, we'll we have to get, get to, to it, it in about it, five yeah. minutes. All right. All right, the mystery will be solved, I believe, wow. coming up. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. I'm David Van Camp. There is Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley's on special assignment. All right, we have had a team of audio engineers breaking this down, Scott. 
Yes, we have. Okay. <laughs> the President of the United States. All right. Yeah, this was today. This was from today, today. by the way. Joe yeah. Biden. He's speaking. talking to the teachers union. Right. Yeah. And he's talking about the infrastructure deal and how Republicans didn't vote for it. And anyway, here here is part of what he said. There's, there's a lot more Republicans out there taking credit for the new bridges and those bugs that are collapsing. The yeah. bogs that are collapsing. The bugs that are collapsing. So Boys that are collapsing. So our, our crack team of audio engineers has slowed this down, and I think I cracked the code. All right, okay. I think he's saying the buildings that are collapsing. No. He says collapsing, but I'm, I'm pretty sure. I get the collapsing part. Yeah. Okay. Buildings that are... Yeah. Buildings that are collapsing. Yeah. I, I think that's buildings that are collapsing. Okay. So uh, keep that in your head. There's, there's a lot more Republicans out there taking credit for the new bridges and those bugs that are collapsing. The buildings that are collapsing. This almost killed my Josetta Stone translating box, but I'm pretty sure this is those buildings that are co- bugs that are collapsing. Yeah. I, now, I cannot wait to see a White House transcript of this. To see what they fill in the blank with. Because, <laughs> you know, they always do that. After he gives a speech, they put up the transcript and all that. Yes, so yes, I, yes. I want to know how they fill in the blank here. Because I'm oh, pretty sure cow. it's buildings that are collapsing. 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 Yeah. Buildings that are collapsing. Yes. That's what he meant to say. Okay. <sighs> so we figured that out. <laughs> I think. All right. I think that's what it is. All right. So thank now, you, that, David. Yeah, thank you right. for all your hard work all on that. All I right. appreciate it. Are you it. ready for your big three now? Yeah, let's big roll, trifecta. baby. Are you ready? One, two, look at you. It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. All right, trifecta. Top three stories of the day according to one Scott Robbins. Uh, Casey Kasem is usually along for the ride, yeah. but he vacations with Markley, so he always goes with him. I don't yeah, know why they, they got this deal. Does. They're they're buds, you know. They're they're fans. Mm-hmm. They're, they're fans of one another. They enjoy each other's company. All right, so we'll start off at number three. Count them down: three, two, one. Number three, uh, we turn to the Senate race in Ohio between Democrat Tim Ryan and Republican J.D. Vance. Yeah, this has been one that says uh, uh, J.D. Vance has been all over Fox News promoting it, and you may know him from the hillbilly elegy yeah that was his deal that was on netflix uh, but he's running for senate and he's running against tim ryan who's a joke so he was at the ohio state fair a lot of these guys do that they yeah. go gland hand at the state fair right uh so he walks by one of the uh the uh, pork sandwich booths you know the pork producers are there yeah. and they're frying up their pork sandwiches and you can get one there somebody said hey you want a pork sandwich and jd vance is like no nah. Nah, I'm okay. I'm good. Well, Tim Ryan sees that moment, so he went right to the Twitter machine. Who passes up a pork sandwich fresh off the grill of an Ohio farm? This guy is just not Ohio. Maybe he wasn't hungry. He wasn't hungry. (laughs) He said, I'm on the campaign trail. I eat a lot of stuff, you know? I wasn't hungry. And David, I might call that Islamophobic or perhaps anti-Semitic. That's true. Yeah. What kind of? Guy I mean, after eat all, pork? what kind? You don't know. Educate yourself, yeah. Mister Ryan. There you go. 
Wow. Gosh, dang I don't know it. that J.D. Vance is Muslim or Jewish. No, I don't either, but yeah. you don't know that. That's true. Yeah, You just you said assuming? it, yeah. racist, scum. <laughs> Guy didn't eat a pork sandwich, and you're going to try to make hay out of that. That's ridiculous. Well, of course, yeah. You're, did, did you see... So uh, Tim Ryan, uh, he, he put out this ad where he's uh, throwing footballs at television screens that have like different negative ads or different issues oh. that he wants to tackle. Sort yeah. of this like glory days with the football, and he's throwing them one by one, right. saying, I'm knocking these out. This is what I'm going to do. Uh, J.D. Vance's team actually uh, took that and turned it into their own thing where... They brought up a report where apparently Tim Ryan was drunk or something, and he threw a beer can at a cop. So oh, they took the video, and they replaced the footballs with beer cans, <laughs> and they just put like pictures of police officers on the TV screens. So Tim Ryan's chucking beer, beer cans, cans at him? Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. I thought that was funny. All Is right. he a football guy? Did I miss <clears throat> that? I think, he, I think Tim Ryan, like... He I, played at Ohio State? or I, No, I don't think... Oh, I think okay. he was... Right. He played... In uh, at a D one school for like one year, okay. I think maybe I, I don't remember uh, now yeah. what it was, but maybe it was Ohio State. I have no Some idea. Uncle Rico thing, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. But I like the beer cans getting thrown at. That's at funny. Cops a that's really funny that and really clever. Funny. Yeah, yeah, that's clever. All right, it's yeah. the trifecta. Uh, top three stories of the day with Scott Robbins. We count them down three to one, and we're at number two. And uh, apparently, people are comparing the protests that women are taking part in in Iran over the police killing of a woman over her hijab. They're taking yeah. off the headscarves. They're cutting their hair in public. People are getting killed in these protests right now yes. because the Iranian government doesn't exactly uh, sit back and let people protest like this. No. no. Uh, so AOC and uh, Joy Behar have both compared this to abortion. You, got, you, you know, that's the thing, right? My gas bills are too high. Well, it's because Roe v. Wade was overturned. <laughs> my, you know, my groceries are twenty percent more. Yeah. Well, if it weren't for you know overturning of, I mean, they, they everything is about this, right? So this woman is killed. She's killed. By the way, her name was uh, Malasa Amini, I believe that's how you pronounce that. And so AOC tweets out solidarity with the courageous women and allies in Iran protesting for their freedom. She was senselessly murdered by the same patriarchal and automatic forces repressing women the world over. The right to choose belongs to all of us, from hijabs to reproductive care. Oh, my God. That's right. It's the same thing. Exactly. So on The View today, now there is a take. I, I think it's redundant to say a terrible take from Joy Behar. But anyway, yeah. I'm going to let it roll. Here we go. Ron, and we should all be standing in solidarity with what's going well, on. We should be Iran. standing in solidarity in this country for men who are trying to control us. Let's not make that comparison. Why not? Because Why? Those, those women over there are getting killed. I'm, yeah. not, making, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying they're equivalents. I'm just saying we need to watch what's going on in our own country, too. But, because you know, these I men agree, will try to control To me, very different conversations. Point, I think that that was probably a, a bit of... Yeah. 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 It, it's not the same. It's not the same. As no. much as you want it to be, it just isn't the same. Well, I mean, especially when you can live in a state where abortion is legal. And even if Lindsey yes. Graham were to get his bill passed, the post-15-week abortion ban passed, you would still have the ability to get an abortion for three and a half freaking months. Right. That is not the same as police brutality uh, uh, against women who won't wear head coverings in public. 
Yeah, but let's let's draw the equivalent because that's that's how we roll right now. Right. What a They're, clown show. They are desperate for this. They they need they are desperate to make this uh the same got. kind of fight. That. Well, that's all they got. They got nothing else. What else are they going to point to? It is Vote for us because? I mean, seriously. Yeah. Take abortion off the table and you got nothing. Right, so, exactly. there you go. All, all right. right, it's the trifecta. Scott Robbins' top three stories of the day. And we have finally gotten to number one. And you want to talk about the voices in Nancy Pelosi's head. Do we have this audio? Uh, yeah. Okay, I just want to double check with you. Because uh, here we go. Nancy Pelosi. Now, when I say almost as bad as Biden, almost as bad. So she started rambling about whatever is on her crazy brain. And uh, she was uh, talking about voices in her head and a movement to repeal the 19th Amendment. Yeah. Now, I don't know where this comes from, but it's bouncing around inside that melon of hers. Anyway, here we go. And, and didn't he also be part of a, a, motion, um, a movement to repeal the 19th Amendment for women to have the right to vote? What do I think of that? I think I hear something like that every day around here. When people say that women shouldn't be able to make their choices about contraception or their own reproductive health, that's a sign of disrespect for women. All right. So the voices in her head are telling her they're trying to repeal the 19th Amendment, too. I think she's off vodka. I think it's Everclear straight up now. (laughs) Absolutely. Now, in fairness, I think she was reacting to... A candidate who's running, a Republican candidate who had mentioned something about repealing the 19th Amendment. Okay. And so she's reacting to that. But for her to say, I hear something like that every day every around day. here, yeah. that, that does not represent a wide swath of uh, anyone running for office that, yes, my, we need my, to my. deny women the right to vote. Yep. Okay? And it's not the same as abortion. Stop it. No, it's not. Because you know what you can do? You could, I don't know, vote in your state election and... Uh, try to get people in there who make abortion legal. If you like abortion on demand for all nine months of pregnancy, you could try to vote for pre- or for for candidates who support that. We absolutely could. Yes. On the other hand, if you think that abortion should be outlawed or or at least severely restricted, then you can also vote for people who do that. It's not it's not the same thing. There is no one to one comparison there. But or yeah. if you uh, get killed for for not wearing a hijab, then right. uh, it's just the same thing as right. what's going on here with right. abortion. Right. Oh man. All right. So yeah, we got a lot of people with voices in their heads who are just yeah, making things up. Man, it. it's we need to have real mental health checks on on people in Congress. I think. Well, I woke up this morning. I swear I heard a voice say they're trying to abolish gravity. <laughs> it's like wait, no, wait a minute. <laughs> Stop it, voice in my head. <laughs> That's what Stop they want to do. That's yes, right. they want everybody floating up in the atmosphere. <laughs> That's right. That's, That's what the they trifecta want. top three stories of the day with Scott Robbins. Coming up, we got a news update. And Nimrod's in the news. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. I'm David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Jamie Markley's on special assignment. Thank you so much for being here today. Well, the stock market's taking a dump. 
And saw that. Yeah, and we've got out of control inflation. A lot of uncertainty is out there right now. Uh, but the White House chief of staff, Ron Klain, the guy who is allegedly actually running the country, right. says everything is everything is fine. You know, hey, you got to think about what we did when we got into office, says Ron Klain, talking mm-hmm. to The Atlantic. I mean, this is this is another trip into fantasy land. We, we had to address the problems that we found. Right. And the biggest problems that we found were a country with a pandemic that was killing, uh, you know, thousands, literally thousands of people a day, uh, hundreds of thousands of cases a day when we arrived. And so we had to ramp up the response to that. And then the economic consequences of that. Uh, it, it's easy to forget that when Joe Biden came to office, we turn on the TV at night, people were in line uh, in football stadiums waiting for a box of food. The unemployment rate was nearly 10 percent. We had 20 million people out, out of work and, uh, and businesses closed and schools closed. So we needed an economic response that addressed that. But the president also ran on a promise to build back better and to see that at the other end of getting over this immediate crisis, we build the kind of economy that he likes to say from the bottom up and the middle out. Yeah, except lower income earners are getting hammered in this economy. Middle yeah. income earners are yeah. getting hammered yeah. in this economy. Um, so, uh, again, all of that is just not true, especially when you consider when he says, you know, there were still people dying from from COVID. Biden's first year of office, more people died from COVID. So and I, and I don't blame him for that. Just no. like I didn't blame Trump for uh covid related deaths because well the president can't stop a virus it's not possible for the president or any leader of a country to stop a virus mm-hmm. um it just that's not how any of this works but uh the country was coming out of the pandemic the country was reopening and people were going back to work people were starting to make more money and all along the way joe biden was calling states like texas and Georgia and Florida, Neanderthals, for doing something that actually bailed him out when it comes to the unemployment rate by reopening and making sure that people would would be able to go out and get work. He was critical of that effort. Mm -hmm. You can never forget that. Never, ever forget that. They just don't care, and they're willing to lie to you uh, in order to, I, I don't know, tell you that the sky isn't blue. That's basically what they're doing. They're expecting you to not understand what is happening to you in your daily life. If, if gas prices go up, well, it's because of the greed of the gas station owner. Okay. That makes no sense. Oh, uh, yeah. well, oh. Inflation, well, it's temporary. Well, it'll pop up a little bit and come back down. No, no actually, it's going to kick us in the teeth. But there was 0% inflation, or it just went up just an inch according mm-hmm. to Joe Biden. Yeah, they just is. lie. They lie all the time and then keep doing things that make it worse. Man, I could go for some mean tweets right now. Yeah. That's that's all I got to say about it. I know, man. I know. It, <laughs> it you know. And again, your 401k, don't even look at it right now. No. No, don't, don't, don't even bother. Don't just bother. figure you're going to have to work till you're 85. Yeah. Just right. go ahead and figure that in. They call right? that the Scott Robbins special. That's it. Just yes. figure you're going to have to. Hopefully, keep you'll be you'll be healthy enough. Yeah. yeah, you'll you'll just die on the job. That's that's, that's how it. this is going to work. If All I'm right. doing this, you got to promote it ahead of time. <laughs> that's right. a big ratings grabber. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's time for Nimrods. When the going gets tough, damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dan. It's Nimrods in the news on the Martley Van Camp and Robbins show. I love the poorly educated. <laughs> 
Uh, Nimrod's in the news. It's a nice little palate cleanser here. Because these Nimrods are just kind of funny, right? It's not They're not okay. people who are actively ruining your life. Uh, there's an Atlanta-based rapper. I, I know you, you know him. Uh, Mercedes New. Oh, yeah, sure. He, yeah. He's also known as Shouty Dread. Oh, oh, okay. The same guy? Yeah, same guy. Yeah, it's kind of okay. like a Shouty, Hannah Montana Shouty. situation there. Right. Shouty yeah. Dread was great, yeah. <laughs> he's an Atlanta-based rapper, and he's accused of hanging out on his balcony of the high-rise naked and then, well relieving himself from it onto the street okay mm-hmm. yeah uh so here's a roundup of the coverage that includes him denying that he was doing that and then people who were witnesses i promise i wasn't i'm famous i'm on tv bro. i didn't do this man that's disgusting what is wrong with these people today holy well, you got to oh my god this kind of exceeds the balance of decency even think that someone would even do that in an area where you have people walking by <laughs> He says he didn't do it. He said he's he's famous, okay, right. but he didn't do that. I don't know. He didn't rhyme when he was saying that. That's though. true. Yeah, just 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 don't don't pee off the balconies, okay, yeah. or, or any worse. It's all right. You'll be okay. You got a bathroom in there. That's Nimrod's in the news. This is the, <laughs> this is the Markley Van Camp.